What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The world's number one golf betting show here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds. Nick Henyon and Nick Murphy are at the controls. It is Tony P and Isaiah Wrinkle supporting the show from down below as we get ready to take you through the next hour of sports betting conversation. And Wes, it is a major championship week in golf, and it doesn't get any better than that for golf fans and fans of golf betting. It is the 120th United States Open Championship at Historic winged foot in Mamaroneck, New York. Yeah, old school U.S. Open. Thick rough, fast greens, narrow fairways. Bring on the carnage, Brady. For our member guest segment this week, we went across the pond for a visit with our friend Ben Coley of The Sporting Life. Because of the time difference, Wes and I had to invade Gil Alexander's show, A Numbers Game, earlier this morning to accommodate Mr. Coley. He is one of the best golf handicappers in the world. He is the deputy editor and golf writer at The Sporting Life. Uh, ben, let's get into it. Uh, I read your column, a great column again, as usual, week to week there in the sporting life. And you talk about the golf course. And uh, I know you've got uh, some players uh, as far as your selections, kind of in the 40 to 50 to, to one range. And, and that seems to be about the window. Over the last 10 years, we have rarely seen a chalk player uh, win the U.S. Open. But this year, the guys at the top of the board, Dustin Johnson and John Rahm, both in that 10 to one neighborhood are in such good form. Would you advise betters to have maybe a couple of these shorter shots in their portfolio, or do you think this U.S. Open will play true to form and will get a winner more in the 25-1, to 30-1 to 1 range or higher? I like to think the latter. I think the, the biggest thing for me is when, when conditions are as tough as they will be at winged foot, you know, five over par here 
in 2006. And, you know, there might be a few shots better than that this time, but I would be surprised if they got under par. And when things get that tough, I I think the form book goes a little bit out the window, um, not fully. I, I wouldn't disregard it altogether. But I just think short odds are not worth the risk because any player here can can come unstuck. It could be one or two bad shots uh, that result in a triple bogey. Um, you know, Ogilvy managed to go the whole week without a double, and if anyone does that, they'll probably win. Um, and it's just enough to make me think you should be a little bit more creative because the margins between DJ and Ram for all that they've been playing at an extremely high and impressive level, the margins between them and the guys at 25, 30 to 1 are not that big. Uh, and they can become nothing on a, on a course like, like winged foot if things just spiral out of control, which they can do. Ben, I read your column every week, as do the bookmakers out here in Nevada. Uh, believe me, they absolutely do, and they uh, adjust the prices to go along with the column. But uh, I was pleased to see that we did match up on on one player this week, and that being uh, Tony Finau, the perennial bridesmaid on the PGA Tour. It just, uh, And I've been talking about him over the last several weeks, Ben. It just seems like when he finally goes on and gets this monkey off his back, it's going to be a big event like this one. I agree totally, and and certainly I would be more inclined to take that chance than say when he played the 3M Open and he played perfectly well, um, but he would have been 12 or 14 to one, and you're getting more than double that this week um, because of the field strength. And actually, um, the common denominator is tough golf courses. The the reason Tony seems to play well when all the best players in the world are there are that he he's really good at grinding pars. I think you know we all would admire his attitude and his approach to to golf and probably life in general. And I think that goes a heck of a long way at a U.S. Open. I mean, we've seen Brooks Kepka in a different way be able to brush off the mistakes here and, and just roll with the punches. And I think Finau's brilliant at that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd rather take a chance on him here than when perhaps he's the biggest name in the field. And if you look this summer at the, the tournaments that, to me, feel like they've been the best indicator, uh, the BMW Championship, where he was uh, in contention throughout uh, the Memorial, where he was the halfway leader before uh, Ram took over. And, of course, the PGA Championship at Harding Park. All three of those he had a chance to win. And they're the sort of tournaments that we expect to see Finau towards the top of the leaderboard. And I'd be a little bit disappointed if that's not the case again this week. That is Ben Coley. He is the deputy editor and golf writer for The Sporting Life, joining us on a numbers game earlier this morning. Uh, a great handicapper is Mr. Coley, and I encourage you to read his column every week, and we will resume the interview here shortly. This is Long Shots on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network, uh, picking up our member guest segment with this week's guest, Ben Coley of The Sporting Life, previewing the U.S. Open Championship at Winged Foot. Bing, uh, ben Hales from the U.K. So because of the time difference, we had to bring him in this morning and he joined Gil Alexander on a numbers game. I asked this of Brady earlier in the week and we'll get to your full fleshed out picks here momentarily, but the U S open obviously, and this one is geared up to be just this going to be a very difficult course where who knows what kind of score will win this. Uh, will it be four over? Will it be five over? Anything is possible here. There are always golfers throughout our lifetime who aren't necessarily of the elite class who do very well when a golf course gets this particularly tough that are sort of under the radar to the casual golf fan or the casual golf better. Who might some of those names be? 
Yeah, it depends how far down the list you want to go, really. I, I think probably the one who's really emerged into that category this summer has been Mackenzie Hughes. Um, it owes a lot to the fact that he's probably one of the best putters on the PGA Tour at the moment, if not the best. He's kind of taken over, over from speed in that when you turn on TV and you see a guy roll in a 60-foot putt, you're not surprised if it's Mackenzie Hughes. And and that's carried him a long way. And I think he's he's improved in all aspects of his game. And if we rewind back to the spring, uh, the Honda Classic, typically one of the toughest tournaments played in the first part of the season. And there he was, you know, obviously uh, things went wrong for him on the final hole, but he was right there with Sung Jae Im. And if we look into this summer as well, those events I talked about with Tony and um, Mackenzie Hughes has been right there with all of them. So for a player who's probably 150 to one made it all the way to East Lake in the tour championship. Certainly he has the short game that will get him out of trouble here. And I think if we look back at 2006, probably, you know, I know Phil will look back and feel he should have won, but the only reason he had a chance was his short game. And I think anyone who's got that confidence and creativity around the greens here at uh, winged foot will be a huge advantage. And I think Hughes ticks that box as well. So he'd, he'd be the standout one for me, but probably a lower odds mark. Uh, two Englishmen, Matt Fitzpatrick and Tyrrell Hatton, they both like to grind. Uh, Matt in particular, he, he prefers it when past a good score rather than a bad one. And I think he could go really well. It's just a case of whether he can keep up from the tee, because as we know, uh, he's one of the flat a ball hitters doesn't hit the ball a long way and he has to he has to do his work after that but um he's got no weaknesses elsewhere so i could see him playing well as well our guest is ben coley he's the deputy editor and golf writer at the sporting life joining us from the uk to preview the u.s open and you mentioned a couple englishmen there terrell hatton and matthew fitzpatrick ben it's been few and far between that we've seen englishmen uh get the trophy in the u.s open 2013 justin rose and then all the way back to 1970 for tony jacklin uh do you expect what is different about this particular u.s open you mentioned uh fitzpatrick and hatton also tommy fleetwood is a very popular name an Englishman that people fancy his chances this week. Do you expect wing foot maybe uh, will be different or do you think this will be a traditional style U.S. Open where uh, it favors an American? I like to think it'll be different. Uh, Tommy in particular, you know, if, if I could choose one player to win this week, I think it probably would be Tommy. Um, obviously, he was so very close at Shinnecock. He's actually spent quite a lot of time this summer um, playing Shinnecock as a means to prepare for, for winged foot. I know he hadn't played wing, winged foot until Monday, but I feel like his preparation has been really good. I think a lot of people, myself included, were surprised to see him play on the European Tour last week. He went over to Portugal there just to, to dial in his game a little bit. And I was actually speaking to his caddy on Sunday who said they they did that. Um, they were really, really pleased. If you look at his strokes gain tee to green numbers in Portugal, they were the best probably he's ever produced, but certainly towards his career best figures. And that's why they went there, to, to see if what they've been working on on the range could be translated to the tournament. Now, obviously, the US opens a step up altogether, but uh, Tommy's proven he can do it. I think he was a bit unlucky that it was Brooks Kepka chasing him down at uh, Shinnecock, because had it been anyone else, his clubhouse total might well have done it. So, uh, yeah, he goes there with a big chance. And if you look at majors over the last three years, he's been a constant fixture. And although Colin Morikawa kind of won at the first time of asking, um, generally speaking, you have to have a taste of it and go and learn from that experience. And I don't think there's anyone who's who's paid his dues quite like Tommy over the last couple of years. Dan, I got to be the one to ask the Tiger Woods question as we're getting the pairings uh, released here this morning for Thursday and Friday's first and second round of the U.S. Open. Uh, Tiger Woods uh, paired with uh, the two best guys on the PGA Tour in terms of strokes and approach, that being Colin Marikawa, who you just mentioned, and also Justin Thomas to kind of serve as a reminder when uh, Tiger was so precise with the irons for about well over a decade. Uh, what do you make of his chances this week? You're starting to see some 50-1s to ones and not maybe 
maybe bookmakers aren't as skittish as they used to be about Tiger Woods in a major. Yeah, it's you know if this was Augusta, I'm sure people would be queuing up to take it, and, and he, he's still going to go off considerably shorter than that. Look, he's been a bit underwhelming um, since he came back. I, I, I thought he played brilliantly in in uh, the match too, which you know just a bit of fun, and obviously the primary goal was to raise some money for charity. But he really played well, and he was working his ball both ways and hitting all the shots. and And I thought he'd come back and 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 do a lot this summer. Uh, you know, the light schedule's not a problem for him coming back from a long break. He's he's well versed in that. It hasn't happened for him. Um, he's not putted particularly well. His approach play has been fine. His driver has been wayward. You know, there are enough doubts. Um, as we know, he was up at wing foot three weeks ago playing with JT. He'll be well prepared. Um, I think we can forgive his miscut here in 2006 because that came not too long after his dad had passed away and he just wasn't ready mentally or physically for that. So there are always reasons to think Tiger Woods can can prove everybody wrong. He's done it a hundred times before. Um, but personally, I'd rather just sit and wait and see if he can get his game primed for Augusta because I do think that will be his focus, not to say he'd turn down a U.S. Open. Talking to Ben Coley here, deputy uh, deputy editor rather of the Sporting Life at Ben Coley Golf. That's C O L E Y for those who want a great uh, follow on Twitter. All right, uh, I have read the piece. Let's talk a little Hideki Matsuyama then, Ben. Uh, obviously, brilliant around the greens as you write in your piece, showing signs of the putter behaving. I believe was your word. Why is this the week for Hideki Matsuyama and for betters to actually put their money behind him? There's a, there's a bit of hope attached, I won't lie to you. You know, we, We're kind of hoping the pieces fall together because if you look at him, he's done everything well at some stage uh, and he hasn't put it all together because we know with Hideki, when he does put it all together, um, it might be a, a distant memory now, but his performance at Firestone in 2017 was one of several where he just looked a completely different league. He did it in China as well. And um, I, I remain convinced he's got that in him at this level. Uh, if you remember that, that PGA Championship, he was a short price favorite for that and he might have won it. Um, but for things going JT's way, he had some good breaks at, at Quail Hollow. And, and Hideki struggled since, but everything is back in place. I still remember that 63 he produced at Sawgrass, which got wiped from the history books back in March. Um, but what I really liked was that that third place at the BMW Championship. It was the first time he'd been up against DJ and Ram and players like that for a while. And I think it hopefully will have reminded him that although he didn't win, you know, he didn't really give away anything there. And he belongs in this, in this category. I, I sometimes don't know if he really realizes that. Um, but I think mainly, you know, he, he's a brilliant ball striker, as we know. And it's that that creativity and touch around the greens that I think can keep him out of trouble. And um, we do need a good week with the putter. But if we're going to get that, it's probably as likely to come on on these greens, you know, the, the Poana heavy bent grass greens um, rather than Bermuda, which was the case at Eastlake last time. So loads of little things in his favor. But we, we do need him to put it all together, which he hasn't done in a while. Ben, we've uh, touched on a few players that you are backing this week. How about some players that you are ready to go against this week? And I'll tell you, Bubba Watson has always been almost an automatic fade for me at a U.S. Open championship. Obviously, he has a game that is tremendously suited for Augusta National and the Masters, but this particular major is kind of anti-Bubba. Although, we have seen him do pretty well at Bethpage Black and Oakmont, which are very wing-foot-ish, if you will. Which Bubba do you think we see this week good or bad and maybe some other players that you're ready to go against this week at winged foot 
Yeah, it's interesting you say Bubba because, I mean, he'd be the first name I look for in a US Open to to take on. He's missed five of his last six cuts. I think he's 18, 13 all told. Um, you know, that, that that says a lot. And, you know, okay, he, he contended at Oakmont back in 2007. But I think now all that he's achieved in his career, I, I just simply don't think he's all that motivated to come to a U.S. Open and prove us wrong, you know. Um, we talk about Bubba Golf and how he, at certain courses, he produces that. And it's no coincidence that he's won so many times at Riviera and Augusta and at uh, River Highlands, you know. When things are in his favor, he's brilliant. When they're not, he, dare I say, down, downs tools a little bit. So he'd be one I'd be more than happy to take on. The others for me, I mean, the, the main thing I would say about this is that if you arrive at winged foot with any doubt as to your levels of confidence and, and, and your techniques, you, you're probably going to be exposed. Um, so Mark Leishman will be one um, who has played some fairly poor golf over the last few months. I, I'd be a bit worried about Patrick Cantlay, who I think is a born to win a US Open, but his iron play in particular has been really poor and he's just not produced this summer in the manner that I would have hoped. And then the other one's probably Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose. I know Rosie was top 10 at the US PGA and he's won this and I, I, I don't like to write him off at all. But since he stopped working with Sean Foley and has changed clubs and has been tinkering with a few things, consistency has been lacking and he's not been good off the tee. And I can just see that catching up with him here. So yeah, it, it would really be the guys who've struggled over summer. I, I think you need to be focusing on people who have either won tournaments or contended for tournaments here because it can be very hard to rock up a winged foot without everything firing and confidence high. Ben, when we look at form, when we're handicapping players, obviously uh, earlier in the summer, Jason Day was kind of the, the man of the moment with good progressive form. He was on my card at the uh, PGA at Harding Park, ended up finishing tied for fourth. Uh, one of those guys that you feel like easily could have won the thing, but then he went uh, from that finish to the FedEx Cup, missed the cut at the Northern Trust, and then was uh, 64th at the BMW. But looking at your card this week, you're kind of looking at that as an aberration going forward. Yeah, um, again, with a little bit of hope rather than expectation, which we, we always have to take on board. But what I would say with Jason is that, um, you know, there have been two very poor performances, but he's played a lot of golf this summer, more golf than any of us would usually expect him to play. Maybe he just needed a, a bit of a, a rest from, um, and remember, throughout summer, these have been elite fields every tournament. He's not played in a tournament where there have not been uh, pretty much every member of the world's top 10 or at least five of them, you know? So it's it's been very intense, and he put together those four top 10s. His approach play at Harding Park was as good as it's been since he was the world's best player. Um, and I think maybe now he's had a couple of weeks to step away. Um, he can regather himself and get back to that. Um, and I guess it's, you know, at certain other courses, I would not have been willing to, to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if you look at his form at Beth Page, uh, his top 10 at Oakmont, his form in New York and New Jersey in general, his Poana uh, and Bentgrass Greens record, all those things are, are massively in his favor. And although he's a different golfer to Jeff Ogilvie and it would be too easy to compare them just because they're Australian. One of the things Jeff did brilliantly at the, the height of his powers, as well as being a magician around the greens, which, which Jason very much is, is he hit the ball so high. And if you're looking at players who can really send the ball in high to these greens, um, Jason Day will be towards the top of that list. And, and it's really that and his short game. I, I think he can scrap here. And uh, yeah, if, if someone needs to go and shoot two over to win this thing, Jason Day's got those tools. All right, Ben. So let's put a bow on this. I see. Uh, so let's uh, sort of recap here. Matsuyama, Fleetwood, Finau, Day in the outright market. I alluded to this earlier. What score do you think ultimately wins at winged foot this week for the U.S. Open? And what other markets, what other derivative markets might you be looking at betting? 
I'd take 471s from all of mine and they can all have a Monday playoff in four over. <laughs> we'll see how it works out, you know. Um, it, it's difficult to predict the winning score because it doesn't take a lot to change things, you know. All it takes is some rain. I know we shouldn't expect that, but it, things can change quickly. And I, I guess if anyone gets close to par, they're going to be very, very close to winning. Um, in terms of side markets, there are a couple of interesting ones. I, We've already talked about Bubba. There are four left-handers in this tournament. If you can find one of your bookmakers who's offering betting on the top left-hander, um, Phil is obviously the favourite just from Bubba Watson. But then you've got Brian Harmon and Robert McIntyre. Um, Brian Harmon, former US Open runner-up, top 15 his last two stars, gritty, good on the greens. He'll scrap for every shot. And Bob McIntyre's got a similar game. He actually, um, in his last performance in Europe, he shot 80 in round one and still made the cut after a second round 69 at Valderrama. So he, he can fight as well. And I actually thought you could bet both of those two. Um, you get sort of one and a half times your money um, if either of them is the top left-hander. And if you go back to the PGA a couple of weeks ago, Harmon was first, McIntyre was second, I think Phil was third and Bubba was fourth in this market. I could see that happening again. Um, so I think that's very interesting. And back to Hughes, I think he's the best of the four Canadians. Um, you know, Corey Connors is a better ball striker, but he's he's not really done it in majors yet. Adam Hadwin's not been at his best all year. And Taylor Pendrith's coming off the Corn Ferry Tour, and this is a big step up in great for him. So Mackenzie Hughes to be the top Canadian, I think he's probably the, the most solid selection of the lot, actually. He's about triple your money. Excellent, Ben. Thank you very much for joining us here on a numbers game, uh, a combo with the golf show Long Shots. Great to talk to you as always prior to a major championship and uh, enjoy the U.S. Open, my friend. Thank you. Anytime, gents. Enjoy the tournament. You too. Thank you, Ben. That is Ben Coley, kind enough to join us, and Gil Alexander, kind enough to rent out some space on his show, A Numbers Game, for us this morning. Of course, Ben Coley over in the UK. You could tell by the accent there, and we can't have him live on the show here when it's three in the morning over there across the pond, West. Yeah, and Gil wasn't used to having three people on, on the desk with him. That might have been uh, one of the first times in A Numbers Game history that uh, he had such a crowded desk, usually uh, a solo act, and he does a very good job in doing that in his own right, but yeah, I thought Ben uh, had a lot of insight there in terms of uh, the players that he was looking at. He's taking a stand against the favorites and going kind of with the middle price guys, most of his card, pretty much 30, 40 to one type shots. Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, Jason Day, he and I and you all match up on a couple of different guys. I, I have Hideki in my pocket along with Jason Day and you have Tony Finau and you're considering Mr. Fleetwood. Yeah, and I, maybe for an in-play bet, I wonder if he might struggle in the first round because because look, uh, it's only about a three and a half difference uh, hour flight coming over from Lisbon to New York, then coming across the country from the Bay Area to New York. But he went over and played the Portugal Masters, did not stay stateside to play the Safeway Open because Fleetwood didn't have a lot of reps and a lot of tournaments. So he didn't make the FedEx Cup playoffs. So maybe a little rust, but look, he's always real good here in the Northeast. I think he ends up being a contender, but want to get a little better price on him. Well, a terrific ball striker indeed. And it's not just the travel from Portugal. But he was in the U.S. the week before, mm -hmm. correct? So, yes. so he goes back and forth. So I think you have to factor that into uh, Tommy Fleetwood's possible fatigue in round one. Maybe a fade in the matchup uh, for just the first round. We're just getting started here previewing the U.S. Open, the second major of the year here on Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Next, we take a look at Tiger Woods. Does he have a shot this week to bag major number 16? Keep it here. We'll see if he does. We'll ask Mr. Reynolds, see what his thoughts are. He was considering betting him at 50 to 1.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Las Vegas was built on the deal. The two-for-one buffet, the prime rib dinner, a comp breakfast, a half-price comedy show. Renowned Las Vegas ambassador and travel insider, Anthony Curtis's Las Vegas advisor is the industry leader in providing expansive choices, special offers, and exclusive insights on how to beat Las Vegas by never missing out on a deal while you're here. Go to lasvegasadvisor.com and join the club today to receive the newsletter and the incredibly valuable coupon booklet. Drink specials, free slot play, shows, dinners, blackjack, roller coaster rides, a massage at the spa, you name it, Las Vegas Advisor has a coupon for it that'll give you an edge. Get a jump on Las Vegas with the insight, the updates, and the endless opportunities to save money by adding Las Vegas Advisor to your arsenal. That's LasVegasAdvisor.com. It's the what you know and the who you know to help you save money. LasVegasAdvisor.com. Join now and start saving at LasVegasAdvisor.com. This is Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. It is time for our Tiger tracker segment see what mr woods is up to and i tell you what wes uh, we have not seen a whole lot of him since the restart back in june tiger woods has played four times he was at the memorial he finished 30 or excuse me he finished 40th at the memorial 37th at the pga championship 58th at the northern trust and 51st at the bmw championship at olympia fields a few weeks back he is now 50 to 1 to go on and win at winged foot and I'll mention something that Ben Coley mentioned in the answer to my question about Tiger Woods in the previous segment. He talked about watching him at the match like like yes. we did actually yes. that day. And I know it's an exhibition and it doesn't always translate to competitive tournament play, but he looked good. He, did. he hit all these good shots. Uh, he looked fit, uh, looked, seemed like he felt well. I know he's complained a little bit about his back problems uh, reemerging uh, here over the last couple months, but 
I thought maybe he was going to show something in one of these events. I never bet him on an outright or anything like that. Uh, in fact, went against him in a couple matchups that got there, but he just hasn't shown anything in any of these events. I think he could maybe win a U.S. Open again, but it's going to have to be, I think, the creature of habit type of syndrome because where Tiger wins, he usually wins multiple times. Maybe next year at Torrey Pines. Torrey right? Pines or a Pebble Beach or, yeah. or, or someplace like that. I think is really the only chance he's going to ever win a U.S. Open again. Now, uh, it's really different because the Masters is treated as kind of its own organism. And I think bookmakers still have, and maybe even players too, because we certainly saw it last year, have a little bit of that fear factor with him at Augusta National because but he's one of the best ever at that place. And uh, the fact that he could win last year when he was totally out of form you know, bookmakers, I think, are going to give you a lot lower price. And, and, and there's less players in the field, too, but it's going to be about half, if that, for him to win the Masters. And you're seeing 50 to 1. Bookmakers aren't really afraid because they know that they're going to get, and maybe they're going to be smaller dollar tickets, but they're going to get volume of tickets on Tiger Woods now that you have this U.S. Open here in September. We're in week two of the NFL. We've got pretty much every major sport going on, college football as well. So, Casual bettors are going to say, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. He's Tiger Woods. I'm going to take a shot at 50 to one. And I even considered it, but I just see nothing really in the form. And uh, look, he's going to grind and he's going to give it an honest effort. But if he beats me, he beats me. And, and we watch a, a pretty historic mon- moment as he gets closer to Jack Nicholas for the all-time major record, but not for me this week. Yeah. To me, he's a, actually a longer shot than 50 to one on such a difficult track here. But what about betting him in top 10 and top 20 finish markets? I'm seeing plus 175 for a top 20 and four to one for a top 10 finish. Would you consider maybe dabbling in that area? You know, it would have to, I think, be a backdoor type of deal because look, he gives you four honest rounds rounds when he makes the cut but if you look his best finish and, and you listed it here 37th at the PGA at Harding Park at a nice Sunday round there got out very early in terms of his tee time so he's always going to keep trying and try and trying to get better but just the numbers aren't there this this could go south in a hurry I think We uh, spoke with Ben Coley, of course, in our member guest segment, and in his article this week, he talks about the power of scrambling at winged foot and the short game. He talked about Phil Mickelson, Jeff Ogilvie there in 2006, and it was really the short game that got him to where they were on the leaderboard. If you look at Tiger's short game, he's 139th on tour in scrambling and 92nd in strokes gained around the green. Yeah, and and with these fast greens and and the likelihood that you're going to miss some greens because you're going to miss some fairways and have to punch it out. That's not a good recipe for success here. Well, we will come back and do our major implications segment. And of course, the next major is this week. So we defer to a guest and uh, we brought in Ben Coley to handicap it. Now we're going to bring in a bookmaker, Nick Bogdanovich from William Hill, U.S. He's also a very good golf handicapper. We'll also get his take from the other side of the counter when we come back right here on Long Shots on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
It is Long Shots on VSIN from the Indeed.com studio. Find the high impact hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact for more information. When we get to the majors, we like to bring in two guests, a handicapper and then one from the other side of the counter. This guy is a little bit of both. He's an excellent golf handicapper. He had Colin Morikawa to win at the PGA Championship. He's a friend of the network. He's also the director of trading at William Hill U.S. It's Nick Bogdanovich. And Nick, before we find out who are you are backing or fading in this championship, I want to find out at William Hill about the bets that are coming on uh, over the counter there. Which players are getting the volume of tickets? And also, who are you seeing the smart money come in on to win the U.S. Open? Well, uh, it's a good question uh, and, and a rare answer, I got to tell you. Most tickets is Mr. Dustin Johnson, which is not a surprise because he's the number one player of the world. He's on fire and he's the lowest priced golfer in the field. So that's not a surprise. What is a surprise is the second guy in the ticket account is Phil Mickelson. And on the reverse side, this is the one that's really flooring is money wise. Phil has got the most by far with William Hill. DJ is second. And the reason Phil obviously is his story has made some national attention we had a better come in and bet Phil Mickelson at 75 to one for a modest 45,000 to win 3.3 million. So, uh, and there's other money for Phil besides that one player. So uh, William Hill is definitely not rooting for the left-hander from Southern California this week. Nick uh, looks like uh, upon early returns in terms of the players playing practice rounds, that this is going to be the old school U S open uh, thick, rough, fast greens, narrow fairways. Uh, what do you have in terms of a, a winning score prop currently being offered? And uh, where do you see this going? Yeah, great question. We opened two seventy nine and a half. Uh, all the money's been for over. Uh, so they agree that the winning score will be over. We're up to two eighty and a half. And, and I agree. I just, uh, you hear what the guys say and it's, you know, I guess John Rahm said it best. He says, I don't know if anyone shoots under par, but if someone does shoot under par, they're going to win by a lot. So he thinks that the winning score is going to be way above par. And if you look at past history and the way that this course is set up, it's going to be cool. It's going to be in the high fifties. Uh, the rough is going to be lush. Greens are going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be an incredibly brutal test. So, yeah, I, you know, we set it at two seventy nine and a half, but uh, I do think I, 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 I'm going to say three over wins the tournament. Yeah, I think I'm about with you. I think today's game is a little better than it was in 2006. The players, uh, the 2006 score was plus five. I, I could see plus two or plus three, a little bit better in 2020. Nick Bogdanovich is our guest. He's the director of trading at William Hill U.S. And uh, let's get to the handicapper side of uh, your uh, your hobby there, Nick. I've spoken with you enough to know that I, I know you like throwing some bombs on golf tournaments, and you typically don't bet the favorites. You're all about the long shots but of the chalk this week if you had to bet a player or two at 20 to 1 or less who would you be choosing from the top of the board believe it or not if I had to choose someone from under 20 it would be I would go to Dustin Johnson I just think you know he's he's just on a different planet right now he only has one major so he wants to get to two his buddy Brooks has three uh the only thing missing from his resume is a bunch of majors. And if he's ever going to get one, I mean, he's just dialed in in this 
whacked out COVID year. Uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about the U.S. Open in September. We're going to be talking about the Masters in November. So it's just crazy time. So you just got to go with the hot hand. I mean, he's just playing too well. Uh, every every part of his game is dialed in. I mean, he he drove it a little loose a little last week, and then he you know they moved him close to the ball, and he got that corrected right away. So uh, under twenty to one, I played DJ, but I, I'm looking in the mid range this week. I got, I like, I got three guys that I like Webb Simpson. Uh, I'm hoping the course isn't lo- too long for him. Uh, like him at around 30 to one. I just think he has the, you know, what you, you gotta be super, super mentally tough this week. And I, I think he's right there in that category. Carol Hatton at around 51. I, he's a bulldog I, and, and in good form. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bet that these guys, unless they were in good form, and the, and the and the longest shot I could really come up with in is like Harris English at like eighty five ninety to one. I was looking for a two hundred to three hundred one shot, but I couldn't I couldn't find anyone to pull the trigger on. So those are the three I like in the futures: Webb Simpson, Terrell Hatton, or Harris English. Nick, in terms of uh, players you're looking to take a stand against, uh, guys that you might not think uh, will fit this course, uh, who are you seeing in that regard? Uh, well. The two obvious ones are Tiger, just because the reps. I mean, uh, you just you know, he just doesn't get enough reps to be super sharp all the time. Augusta could probably turn it on and off just because he owns that course and knows it so well. Uh, you know, I I think Tiger and Spieth, you just got to go against. I just I just those look like two automatic fades. And the other one doesn't look like a fade, but I'm just going out of complete gut on this one, and he's might be my favorite golfer in the world, Colin Morikow. I just, for some reason, think he's going to have an off week here. Uh, his first real true taste of this nasty U.S. Open. It's going to be a little cool out there. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I think he's got his one major. Uh, I think he's mentally exhausted. I mean, he's played a lot of golf this last year. So I'm going to say Morikow has an off tournament. Nick, what about Phil Mickelson? I know you've got uh, $3.3 million riding on him over at William Hill, but uh, what do you think about Phil this week? He had an awful week trying to find the fairways last week in Napa, and it's going to be even tougher this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, that's, you know, Phil the throw. You know, Brando Chambly did a great piece on what wins at the wing foot in the open is uh, more than being straight as being a great scrambler. Now, he might not be able to scramble enough in the spots he's going to put himself in. So I, I just don't see it. I mean, not to mention he's 50. That doesn't mean he can't catch lightning in a bottle and put it all together for a week. But the the course certainly doesn't set up for him. I mean, he's one of the last guys you'd pick to win this. I mean, obviously he came close here. So it's a nostalgia play and he's came in what, six seconds in the open, but I, I just, you know, would trying to beat Don Tom, I mean, Dustin Thomas, Rom, DJ, Webb, Cantley, Morikawa, DeSambo, I could go on and on. These are just young studs in their prime, all playing well. So I, I just don't see how Phil uh, can get it over, but someone uh, with a lot of money thinks he can. Well, great speaking with you as always, Mr. Bogdanovich. Thank you for joining us here on Long Shots, and uh, you enjoy the U.S. Open, my friend. I will. Uh, You guys do a great job. Enjoy your show and listen to it all the time. That is Nick Bogdanovich, a friend of the network. You can hear him often with Mitch and Polly on Follow the Money. It is Long Shots with Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon. We'll be right back to dole out our plays for the United States Open Championship. It is VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. A course that rates the highest in each factor is Bally High Golf Club, a tropical golf course paradise located on the Las Vegas Strip and in the shadows of some of the most famous hotels in the world. At Bally High, designed by award-winning architects Brian Schmidt and Lee Curley, you will find hundreds of mature palm trees, lagoon-like water features, beautiful bunkering, and a stunning clubhouse home to Sealy Restaurant, and an indoor-outdoor patio experience and event space. The course offers Bluetooth technology, caddies upon request, jello shots, model-like beverage card staff, VIP service from curb to course and back again, high quality food and beverage and a par 3 challenge where you can double your money with one swing. The stunning Valley High Golf Club located in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip is a golf jackpot and there are many reasons why. Play today to learn more about the Valley High experience or reserve your tee time. Call 888-427-6678 or visit valleyhighgolfclub.com that's B-A-L-I-H-A-I golfclub.com it is the match play segment here on Long Shots where we give out our plays that we are on this week for the U.S. Open, the second major of the season at Winged Foot in Mamero Neck, New York. They will get underway on Thursday. They'll tee off at about 6.50 Eastern time. That's when the first groups go off. And we want to get to Matt Humans' plays first. Uh, he has sent in the futures plays that he is on. And I know one that's very attractive. Nick Bogdanovich, uh, a noted long shot player, said, if he had to play a favorite, he'd be on DJ. Well, Matt got Dustin Johnson uh, over a month ago at 16 to one, really before he got on this torrid pace that he is on 
one currently, Wes. And uh, I wouldn't mind having DJ at 16. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if that was being offered right now, I would add him to the card, but it is not. Uh, eight to one, basically half that price. So good scoop there by Matt. And look, uh, I can't take an argument really against that. I mean, we're really splitting hairs with Dustin Johnson, John Rom being so close. Uh, when I get to mine, I happen to think this is going to be uh, that Rom is the guy to beat. And I know Ben Coley agreed with that in his piece, uh, our guest from the first segment. But look, can't argue with Dustin Johnson at all at 16 to one. And then, uh, uh, Matt and I are going to match up on a lot of plays this week. The one that we don't match, he went with Webb Simpson at 25 to one. And, uh, look, he could kind of come out of nowhere a little bit under the radar. I hate to say he's under the radar when he's a top 10 player in the world, but ideally when you point to, okay, who really fits this type of course, you wouldn't think Webb Simpson because he's not really a big hitter, but he's a guy that can get the putter rolling. So, uh, you know, he was in form for a while and then kind of peaked a little bit around uh, the uh, Hilton Head tournament, the RBC right. Heritage, and then uh, had a couple decent finishes after that, but really hasn't gone on. So now he's drifted up a little bit where he's not in the 20 to 1 or 15 to 1 or any of that type of range. And he's always going to get ignored when you talk about the big favorites that he's up against. Yeah, I think if I could uh, find a 30 or even a 35, I, I, I might take a piece of Webb Simpson. He is obviously a U.S. Open type player having won at Olympic Club, which, you know, I, I think is uh, resembles winged foot. It, it is your dad's U.S. Open, mm -hmm. is Olympic Club with mm -hmm. the narrow fairways and the thick rough, uh, like we're probably going to see this week. I also think Daniel Berger is a pretty interesting play. Uh, wouldn't mind a little higher number on him, but the guy, uh, you know, as hot as Dustin, uh, Dustin Johnson is, uh, since the restart in June, there might not be a hotter player overall than Daniel Berger. Well, and I'll go ahead and talk about him because he did make my card this week. If you recall two years ago at Shinnecock Hills, uh, Daniel Berger and Tony Finau got kind of the better of the weather on Saturday, and a lot of the guys that were the leaders fell back. So Daniel Berger and Tony Finau were actually the final pairing at Shinnecock Hills. Uh, the finish one, two was Brooks Kepka and Tommy Fleetwood. But uh, Berger and Finau, I just attributed that to, you know, first time ever really in, in a final group and a major, not really being familiar in that situation. Uh, and Berger after that kind of fell off. He was a top 40 player in the world. He fell like all the way out of the top 150, but he started to find something earlier this year. Three straight top tens, Phoenix, Pebble, Honda Classic. Then obviously everything happened and play stopped for three months. And what does he do? He goes right off the rack and wins the first event at Colonial in a playoff over Colin Marikawa. You then, mentioned something there too. Colonial, mm -hmm. I think, is a good U.S. Open indicator track. Uh, Colonial and I think Harbortown too. And we talked right. about Webb Simpson. Right. Those are narrow golf courses, narrow fairways where you have to work the ball in both directions. Now, obviously, you're not going to see 22 under par win at winged foot. But again, there's a lot of the shot shaping that is similar. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, and nearly won back-to-back -back weeks at the RBC Heritage, ended up tied for third, and then he's got a couple other top threes in Memphis and then at the Northern Trust. Uh, still not in the Masters because they did cut off that field before the, the play restarted, and that was before Daniel Berger won Colonial. So he was, like, out of the top 100 in the world. Well, now he's 13 in the world, and it's like, okay, 
maybe I'll just go ahead and win the U.S. Open, and then the folks at Augusta National Golf Club will invite me to their tournament in November. Yeah, you would think they would if he uh, won the United States Open Championship. Augusta would probably extend that invitation, you would assume. Uh, let's go ahead and get to your plays, and I know you have uh, many that are similar there to Matt, and I believe one is Xander Shoffley. Now, Matt has a pretty nice number there at 20. You've got him at 16. I've seen him as low as 14, uh, and I've been on Xander Shoffley quite a bit this summer, and it started with Colonial when he mm-hmm. fell short of Daniel Berger there back in June, uh, but I didn't get on him this week uh, because he, he just really, I mean, he's been playing wonderfully. Uh, he, he really one if you just count the strokes right. at East Lake um but I, I just wasn't in the mood to grab him for a major here yeah and and look the the, the price is a little bit low I, I I really went with the player here more than the price uh because one thing I think you got to be as confident on these greens and nobody is more confident than this guy I think with the putter considering how he did at East Lake granted that was on Bermuda for the tour championship but when you gain eight and a half shots uh, over four rounds uh on the greens you're stroking it pretty well and the fact that he beat the best guys in the world by three shots. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who withdrew earlier this week, uh, was the nearest guy to him three shots back. He, so he beats DJ, he beats Rom, he beats Thomas, he beats Simpson. He beats all of the best players, really, in the world that made that top 30. And look, he's been close. He's played three U.S. Opens, fifth, sixth, and third. So this is a guy that has gone well at majors and and has uh, runner-ups and a couple others. Uh He's knocking on that door, Brady, and it's kind of what I did with John Rahm. John Rahm, I just think, is the guy to beat this week. Uh, statistically, just matches up total driving, ball striking, strokes gained, tee to green, scrambling, top 10 or even top three, really, in most of those statistics. And uh, look, uh, seven of the last 10 U.S. Open winners were not only first-time U.S. Open winners, but first-time major winners. So that's kind of what you see a little bit at the top of my card this week with Rom and Shoffley Berger, also uh, Tony Finau. Uh, I sense the cynicism coming in uh, from the uh, gallery here listening to long shots because it's always been same song, different verse. But what Ben Coley said I think is true. When he goes on to win, it's going to be – a big one. And he's played well on these tough golf courses, Harding park and Olympia fields, top five in both. So played well at Torrey Pond. Yeah. He'll he, he, he'll he seems to this. rise to the top in the most difficult events. And I think he's got enough major pain over the couple of years. Recall that he was in the final group for the masters that tiger Woods yes. won in 2019. So he's got a little bit of those, that scar tissue in the majors that I usually think you need, even though Colin Marikawa said uh, hell no to that, but more often than not, you do, need that so uh that's who I went with and then uh Nick mentioned one earlier so I won't go in too much of detail Tyrrell Hatton who other than what we saw at Olympia Field we were both on him at Bay Hill that was probably the second hardest event of the year on the PGA Tour because the wind was absolutely howling he shoots 73-74 to win the golf tournament by one over Mark Leishman and Hatton like Rom a little bit of a hothead a little bit of a temper but now they're maturing and what they're both doing is finding that balance where it's like I'm gonna let it out and then I'm gonna move on Yep. No, he was a guy I took a hard look at, and it was a guest we had earlier here on Long Shots that felt uh, it was going to be an American that wins the U.S. Open, which it has been by and large for a long time. Americans have dominated this event, and so I kind of went with that angle, but I certainly don't think uh, that Hatton is a bad pick. So there are my futures up there. I'm with you on Rom. Uh, you and I both have him at 15. He's currently trading at 10 or less. Uh, as far as the short shots, I went with Rom and Thomas. 
I got a good number on Justin Thomas as well. The mid-range guys, I went with Patrick Reed and Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama checked a lot of boxes for me as well as Reed. They've both performed very well in the Northeast. Patrick Reed has won uh, in New Jersey at Liberty National. Uh, and Hideki Matsuyama, this is an A.W. Tillinghast designed, is winged foot. And it was 2016 at Baltusrol where Jimmy Walker won the PGA Championship. That's also a Tillinghast design. You saw Jason Day finish second. You saw Hideki Matsuyama finish fourth. Those, those guys are both on my card. You go back to the 2013 U.S. Open uh, at Marion, where the winning score by Justin Rose was one over par. So that was an old-school U.S. Open setup as well. I took Billy Horschel at 150-1. to one. Horschel finished seventh there at wing foot. And then three bombs that I went with. You know, we've talked about this really for a couple weeks, Wes, leading up to this major we always see the Jeff Maggarts and the Steve Strickers and, and the Jim Furyk to, and Lee Jansen, who actually have gone on to win this championship. But there's always some of those guys, the grinders, the plotters, the shorter hitters that find their way onto the leaderboard. And for that category, I went with Kevin Na, Corey Connors, and JT Poston. Poston has played well on a couple of courses that fit a U.S. Open mold in Harbortown and Colonial. Kevin Na finished seventh in 2016 at Oakmont when DJ won. And then Corey Connors is just a ball-striking machine. If he gets a short game together this week, he could have some success. Right, and and going with those plotters isn't necessarily a bad idea. I know there's been a lot of sneaky support for Brian Harmon this week, yeah. uh, a left-hander. I know uh, uh, Ben uh, mentioned him in the earlier segment. So, uh, yeah, somebody is, market. somebody is going to be on that leaderboard on Sunday that you won't expect. It'll be mostly proven guys, but there's going to be somebody that's very sneaky. There always is at the U.S. Open. Just got to pick the right one. Kevin Kistner, who knows? There will be somebody grinding their way uh, into the top 10 of that leaderboard. Let's hope it's Corey Connors, Kevin Na, or J.T. Poston. That's going to do it next week. It is the Punta Canta Championship in the Dominican. Uh, Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel will join us to help us break it down here on Long Shots. Enjoy the U.S. Open, everybody. Cash some Long Shots. It is VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Betting Network. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Twenty one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.